Jesus is better than the Old Testament prophecies and institutions because he fulfills them. This is what we will study in this week's episode of Through the Word. Hi, I'm Adam Burton. I'm the pastor at Central Baptist Church in Maysville, Kentucky. Every Thursday, I release a new Bible study that comes from the Gospel Project, where we go chronologically through the entire Bible to see how all of Scripture points to Jesus. You can watch Through the Word on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and our website at cbcmaysville.com. You can also subscribe to the Through the Word audio podcast in your favorite podcasting app. Well, are you ready? Let's study the Bible. Imagine traveling around the world. We land in a place in Southeast Asia where the people are bowing before gods they have created with their own hands. The gods sitting on a shelf in the corner cannot hear them, but still their makers pray. Next, we we travel to Africa where a father with a sick child seeks both a missionary for prayer with and a witch doctor for power. Arriving in Europe, we find the, the landscape littered with dying and empty church buildings, a sign of the increasing secularization in the West, including the United States, as people devote their, their uh, energies to, to various forms of self-directed worship. And we don't have to travel far to find people worshiping and trusting in false gods uh, on our own streets, in our workplaces, even in our own families. All around us, people are, are people who worship idols. Some live for wealth, power, or prestige. Others seek the approval of false deities, whatever the case may be. These pursuits require sacrifices, but fail to fulfill our deepest longings. Now, while others bow before their gods, the church has the message of the one true God who came to us in Jesus, Christ alone provide salvation, and it is the church's responsibility to proclaim his message of good news to a world steeped in idolatry. In this session here, we're going to focus on Jesus as the writer of Hebrews describes him, the one who is better than all compared to the institutions, the rituals, laws, and sacrifices of the old covenant. Jesus is the better revelation the better high priest, and the better sacrifice. In fact, he is better than these because he is the one who fulfills all of them. Here's our first point. Jesus is the better revelation. Read with me Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Long ago, at many times, in, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. The anonymous writer of Hebrews wrote to believers who apparently were in danger of drifting from their commitment to Christ and returning to the rituals and institutions of Judaism because they were facing persecution and trials. Therefore, the writer wanted them to know that Jesus is better than anything to which they might return. First, he reminded his hearers that while God made himself known in many ways in the past, 
he now fulfilled his past messages through sending his son. The prophets of of old appointed to that God, but Jesus revealed God because he is God. In the Old Testament, God had spoken through means such as prophets, visions, dreams, theophanies, angels, and burning bushes. But the messages were still incomplete prior to the coming of Christ. Those messages in the past, by God's purpose and intent, were pointing to better things in the future. The messages of the Old Testament would be fulfilled in the New Testament with the coming of the Son of God, Jesus. Jesus was not just another prophet, rabbi, priest, or or teacher. Because of who he is, no one can even compare to him. He is God's Son, the second person of the Trinity, come in the flesh. Now, the Son reflects the splendor of the Father because He and the Father share the same nature. You know, the word translated here, exact imprint. In fact, it was used in the first century for engraving or pressing an image into a seal or a coin. God the Father and God the Son are distinct persons, but or they're distinct in person, but to see Jesus is to see the Father because the two share the same eternal glory and eternal nature. With a view to the future, the the writer of Hebrews declared Jesus is the heir of all things, which he will rule over when he receives his eternal inheritance from his father. Jesus broke the backs of his demonic enemies through the cross, and he will reign as king of kings and lord of lords. You know, looking back, the, the writer also identified Jesus, the son, as God the father's agent in creation itself from the very beginning of time. And before, the Son has existed with the Father in perfect equality. Check out this essential doctrine. Jesus is deity. Within the person of of Jesus Christ, there are two natures, the divine nature and the human nature. Scripture teaches he is fully divine and fully human. His divinity is on display in passages that describe him as being equal with God. The New Testament also points to the deity of Christ by showing how he possesses attributes that God alone possesses, how he performs the works that that only God performs, and and how he himself claims to be the Son of God. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, the writer also introduces the theme of Jesus' sacrificial death, which is the, the topic of much of the book of Hebrews. The creator against all whom we have sinned chose to die in our place, and it is through his shed blood that we sinners are purified. In his unique capacity, Jesus was both the priest who offered the sacrifice to atone for our sins and the sacrifice itself. I mean, how can we not praise him and proclaim him as the better revelation of God? The Bible is clear that that everyone has sinned against God and is blinded by the God of this age while separated from God. They are, according to the Apostle Paul, dead in their sin and under God's wrath. Now, God, however, stepped into our common story to offer redemption through his son, through his death, burial, and resurrection. The son of God humbled himself to be like us and die in our place. Now the Son reigns from his position at the Father's right hand, a position of authority and honor. There can be no better revelation of the nature and character of God. You know what? What has the Son revealed about God? Well, God is gracious. God is humble. God is holy. God is loving. God rejects self-righteousness. 
God is tender with those who repent of their sin. God is self-giving. God is forgiving. And God is merciful. Here's our second point. Jesus is the better high priest. Read with me Hebrews chapter 8, verses 1 through 6. Now, the point in, in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister in the holy places, in the true tent that the Lord set up, not man, for every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Thus, it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Now, if we were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. They serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. For when Moses was about to erect a tent, he was instructed by God, saying, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better, since it is enacted on better promises. Now, at this point in, in the book of Hebrews, the author did not want his readers to miss the significance of what he wrote. You know, we believers have a better high priest who is now seated at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. There he ministered in, in a tabernacle, not made of human hands, as, as the writer of Hebrews often does. He, he again described ways in which Jesus is better than the old system. For example, Jesus is the better high priest, completed the task of paying the price for sin. The writer of Hebrews pointed out that the old covenant patterns were only shadows of what was to come. The earthly tabernacle of Moses was a man-made tent where priests served, but even that unique place could still only point to the heavenly tabernacle where Jesus now serves. The earthly tabernacle was, was only a copy of what God had shown and told Moses to build. The heavenly tabernacle created by the hands of God will never pass away. You know, the priests of the Old Covenant never truly completed their work, and, and each successive sacrifice was a reminder that no animal sacrifice ultimately finished the work of atonement. Jesus' seated position, however, was evidence of the finality of his work and his status as the Lord. Only he was a priest who ascended into heaven, and that very position made him a better high priest than those who served only on earth. In fact, Jesus could not have been an earthly priest according to Jewish law because he was not from the tribe of Levi. He was of a superior priesthood, that of Melchizedek, which preceded the Levitical priestly order and the Mosaic law. In heaven, seated at the right hand of the throne of God, Jesus serves as a priest for us forever by making intercession for us because he will never die again. Check out this essential doctrine. Christ as priest. As our great high priest, Jesus accomplishes the work of reconciling us to God. He is the one whose perfect righteousness is presented to the Father for our justification. He is the one who intercedes for us before the Father and prays for us to remain faithful. The writer of Hebrews also wanted his readers to know that Jesus, the better high priest, is the mediator of a better covenant. The old covenant of Moses could not effectively resolve the sin issue. It, it can only reveal the sin issue while also pointing to, toward a better covenant to come. 
the old covenant could not bring salvation. It could only anticipate what God intended to do in Christ. That Jesus did for us what, what the priests of the old covenant could not do. In the new covenant, God invites us into relationship with him by effectively dealing with our sin problem. You know, as earthly priests of Israel offered gifts and, and sacrifices as part of their spiritual ritual in, in accordance with the Mosaic law, the, the old, or the, the old covenant, they, they were pointing toward something greater, something better, the, the new covenant. The writer of Hebrews went on to quote Jeremiah chapter 31 verses 31 through 34 in Hebrews chapter 8 verses 8 through 12 to show what God had done through Jesus, our great high priest. He established a new covenant with us. The laws of the old covenant were, were written on stone, but God writes his law upon our heart and in our mind with the advent of the new covenant. He, he radically changes us on the inside. And at the same time, God chooses to remember our sin no more, right? That is, he fully and finally forgives our sin based solely on our faith in the sacrifice of his son. You know, what are some ways Jesus' priesthood is better than the priesthood under the Mosaic law? Well, Jesus mediates an eternal covenant that promises to change us, not just cover over our sin. Jesus' priesthood is eternal, and he will never stop interceding for us. And as a perfect priest, Jesus can perfectly represent us before God and reveal God to us. Here's our last point. Jesus is the better sacrifice. Read with me Hebrews chapter 10, verses 11 through 18. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should, should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us for after, saying, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. Again, here the, the writer compares Jesus with the old system, this, this time, though, with a focus on Jesus as the sacrifice. See, the priests of the old covenant were required to offer the same kinds of sacrifices regularly. For, for the animal sacrifices they offered could not take away sins because an animal cannot rightly take the place of a single human being, much less all of humanity. But Jesus the better priest, offered his sacrifice that settled the sin issue himself. See, having offered the once-for-all sacrifice, he then sat down, the sign of his completed work for our atonement. Check out this quote. Since sin entered through man, it had to be removed by a man. But no sinful man could be a sacrifice. Only Jesus could could be the sinless substitute for us, dying the death we deserved and giving us his righteousness in exchange. You know, no animal sacrifice could, could pay the price for, for human sin. I mean, sacrifices, according to the Mosaic law, were a temporary measure until Christ came. 
the best annual animal sacrifices could, could do was offer covering for past tense sins rather than deal with present tense failures. They, they could not cleanse the, the conscience of or free people from bondage of to sin. Thus, the offerings could not provide once for all cleansing. The truth also explains why the priest stood in his daily service, because the priest's work was never complete, right? The tabernacle had no seat for the priest. He only stood, carried out his responsibilities, and returned the next time to sacrifice again. When Jesus, though, offered himself for the sins of the world, he provided for all time a single sacrifice for sins. See, the picture of Jesus sitting at the right hand of God is a reminder that he had completed his work. Now, the repetition of this seated imagery, in fact, emphasizes the point that the work was done and no other sacrifice for sin was ever being necessary. Thus, Jesus spoke these words on the cross. It is finished. You know, some years ago, there was a, uh, um, uh, um, an, an example of, of somebody that was on the mission field. And, um, and, and there, they, they were, this missionary was watching a, an animal sacrifice to, in order to, to please the gods. And this animal here lost its life. Blood was flowing. The, the people, they were carrying out the rituals. Some had participated in the, in the slaughter and others just, just watched. But there in the scene, this missionary that, uh, said that, that he saw all of the people around him and he couldn't help but grieve. You know, the people didn't realize that their sacrifices would not resolve their issues. They didn't know that, that the better sacrifice, Jesus, the son of God, had come. And, and honestly, it's our responsibility as his church to proclaim to that world the good news of his coming. You know, what are some ways that we can wrongly try to atone for our sin? Well, doing good works to counteract or to outweigh our evil deeds, be redefining what sin is, or trying to make it up to people whom we have wronged, or, or ignoring and trying to, to forget our shortcomings. See, sacrifices in the old covenant reminded people of the reality of their sin, but God has now chosen to remember our sin no more. God in mercy chooses not to hold our sin against us because Jesus has already paid the price for our wrong. See, the assurance of our salvation is us based on what God has done on our behalf. And because of Jesus' obedience and atonement for us, he will be rewarded. See, his enemies will be dealt with and the people he has saved will be perfected forevermore. According to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 13, Jesus is waiting until his enemy should be made a footstool for his feet. Now, this reference to, to Psalm 110, verse 1, is a reminder that, that the day will come when Jesus reigns fully over his renewed creation and his enemies are defeated. You know, it, it may seem some days that, that evil is winning, but the future is certain. The one seated at the right hand of the Father will destroy forever the forces of evil. And until that day, when Jesus comes again, believers are obligated to tell others about him and the forgiveness that he offers. See, he alone made us holy, and he is continually molding our minds and our hearts to be like him. Now, it's no wonder then that that the early church proclaimed the good news throughout the Roman Empire, even when doing so led to persecution and martyrdom. You know, how does the Old Testament help us 
understand the significance of Jesus' sacrificial death. Well, we are confronted with the heinousness of sin against our holy creator. Right? We understand that sin deserves death as its punishment. We witness the mercy of God to allow animals as a substitute until Christ's death for us. And only a perfect sacrifice can atone. Now, many believers struggle to share the good news with others. Some are afraid of rejection. Others are concerned that they will not know answers to questions their friends may ask. But still others do not know how to share the gospel, so they don't try. Our lack of wonder over Jesus is one reason we do not talk about him with others. We take grace for granted, and we have allowed the story of Jesus' death, resurrection, ascension, return, and rule to become routine. Right? And a tendency to similar to the original readers of the book of Hebrews, we find ourselves lured away from Jesus toward other things. And when we remember, however, that Jesus is the better revelation, the better priest, and the better sacrifice, we will do what the church is called and sent to do. We will proclaim him because we have experienced Jesus as our perfect high priest and sacrifice for our sin. We hold up and proclaim him to others as the better answer to any alternative. Well, it's time for us to take what we've learned here and to apply it to our lives. So choose at least one of these options here as a way to respond to the truth of God's word this week. One, how will you choose to respond to seeing Jesus as the better once for all sacrifice for sins? What are some ways your church can live as a nation of priests for one another in light of Jesus' better and perfect priesthood? How will you use the Old Testament and expressing to non-Christians the superiority of Jesus as the only true Savior. Check out this quote. In Christ, shadow has given way to substance. The temporary has been replaced with the eternal. The imperfect has become perfect. Judgment has become mercy. And law has become grace. Would you pray with me? Father, We thank you and trust you for your wisdom of setting up the old covenant so that we might recognize and appreciate the coming of our Savior, Jesus, the better revelation, the better priest, and our better sacrifice who takes away the sin of the world. May we always be turning to him in faith and praising him for the glory of your name. May your spirit illuminate the scriptures for us so we always see your son and will be able to proclaim him faithfully before this world that desperately needs his salvation. Amen. Thanks for watching this week's Bible study. You know, Jesus came down to to break that dividing wall between us and and God, as well as the walls that, that separate people. See, through the atoning work of Jesus, we are joined together with him and the church as one people of God. So as followers of Jesus, we are to celebrate. We we welcome and care for everyone who trusts in Jesus. Let me close by, by telling you some good news, if that's okay. See, Jesus, he came to live the perfect and sinless life that you could not live. He died the sinner's death that you deserve, but he defeated both sin and death by rising from the dead. You can be saved from your sins by putting your faith and trust in Jesus. Are you ready to give your life to him? If so, would you please connect with us? You can 
you can text our, our prayer hotline at 305-707-PRAY. That's 305-707-7729. Or, or go to our website at cbcmaysville.com forward slash connect. Because we want to connect with you and to put some free resources in your hands to help you to know what it looks like to follow Jesus. And if you enjoyed this episode, would you please share it so that others too can experience God's Word? Next week's episode of Through the Word is titled, The Church is Sent to Demonstrate Faith. We will see that Jesus is better than everything and because He is our Savior. So, Lord willing, I will see you next Thursday for Through the Word. And until then, God bless.